Welcome to today's episode of Heavy Wireless Podcast, and today I'll be speaking with Ben Wilson of Fortinet. And this is a sponsored episode. The topic today is why wireless industry professionals need to learn about the convergence of networking and security. That's a big, heavy topic, but we'll break it down and make it pretty easy. So this is sponsored by Fortinet, and a quick recap from my point of view. I used to use a FortiGate in my own office environment, and I thought the company was focused on SMB, and yeah, I was, I was wrong. In checking the stock market today, Fortinet is a big business. They have a market cap of over $55 billion. That, that's a big number, the B. And just as comparison, today's market cap on HP is about 22. So Fortinet is a big business. And so I wanted to lead off with that. Fortinet isn't just focused on SMB, and I'm admitting my little mistake there. And so we can get right into the topic. Ben is our guest today, and I've known Ben Wilson for, oh, long, long time, back when we both had a lot of more hair. So Ben, why is a wireless security professional like yourself now working at a security company? Well, that's a really interesting uh, question, Keith. And, and by the way, thanks for dating me by uh, telling telling people that you've known me for quite a long time. I was hoping to get away with uh, being a fresh face, but clearly that's not going to happen. But um, so why am I in security when I was in wireless? Well, as you know, I was in wireless for a number of years, worked for wireless pure play vendors. But I had a great conversation uh, with the guys at Fortinet. This is about nine years ago now. So I think I'm coming up to my 10th year here. And they made it very clear that the trends that they were seeing and the way everything was going was that security and networking was going to converge together. And the clear thing is, is that it's very difficult to do security well if you don't do networking because you can't get the insights to the network. You can't see the traffic flows, all of those various different bits and pieces. So security and networking converging the way that was explained to me and the vision, that's really what I bought into, you know, nine, nearly, nearly coming up 10 years ago. Um, and that's why, you know, I moved from pure play wireless vendors to being into a, uh, a secure networking vendor. And uh, just, just to kind of give a little feedback where I come from, I was, uh, oh, at least 20 years ago, I was trying to focus on security or wireless and I, I liked them both and they were both good. When I was at dinner with a friend, and she's really famous in the packet capture world, Laura Chapel, and she goes, Keith, you got to focus. Pick one, wireless or security? And I'm like, I can't decide. So she reached in her purse, grabbed a quarter, flipped it, and said, you know, heads, it's wireless. And it happened to be heads, so I kind of focused there. But I, I still have, you know, a place in my heart for security. So you made this, you mentioned your little topic about um You'd heard from Fortinet and that security is going to be the, you know, the place to move to. What does that mean for wireless professionals today? For a lot of us who've been in the pure play wireless side for a long time, how are they supposed to move into that security ecosystem? Well, I think it's interesting to capture it in the way of convergence. You know, when I was putting in wireless networks, well, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and, and they were cloud managed, for example, the only time you'd really talk to the security team was to get ports open in order for your APs to be able to, you know, talk to the cloud management system. So the critical piece is really that people don't just want things to be 
connected anymore. They want things to be connected securely. In fact, most of the times they don't want things connected unless they are connected securely. And you'll remember back in the early wireless days when we had things like WEP and, you know, the early early protocols, uh, the early security protocols, which have been done away with. There are actually even a lot of wireless links out there which were just open. You know, people didn't bother to secure them because they didn't see it as a, a, as a security risk. That's changed. When you look at the different things that are happening, the growth in something like SD-WAN, for example, where all the sites are interconnected, the traffic is prioritized, having that security stack with the SD-WAN and then expanding that into the network behind it, where you've got the APs and the switches, that's really key. And if you're a wireless networking professional, being focused on one part of that when all of those things interact and where the expectation is really that there'll be knowledge across how they interact and how the management system works and how they affect each other. That's really uh, a point that I'm keen to get across is that it seems absolutely critical that to expand the knowledge means that you're expanding your ability to do your job even better. Well, I'll give a, a little example, and you can comment on this. Uh, years ago, I was working in a hospital system, and they were getting HIPAA compliance testing. And they brought me in from the wireless standpoint to say, can prove that our wireless is secure and it's encrypted because it meets HIPAA standards? And I just went over and I plugged into a jack in the wall and showed them you can see all the patient data right here. And they're like, no, 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 we just want you to only look at the wireless. And security is more than just wireless. Absolutely. We're seeing that from a product perspective as well, because we've got some really large customers. A good example is a large school district. I think it may be one of the largest, if not the largest in the US. And they've got a number of sizes of different sites, which goes from, you know, very small with maybe a couple of hundred, 200, 300, 400 students, right up to thousands and thousands of them. You know, they're using 40 gates in in different ways. They've got a 40 gate at every site, which is, you know, doing um, uh, network connectivity, security, all of those pieces. And then in actual fact, in some sites, they're using a 40 gates, a second 40 gate on top as a dedicated wireless controller. And then they're linking them together using, you know, uh, what we call the security fabric, which allows our devices to uh, to interact and exchange information. So... You know, like you say, security spans, well, everything nowadays. You only have to turn on the news or not even turn on the news. Who turns on the news anymore? Consume the news via, uh, you know, via the Internet that we've uh, that we've all built. And it is all encompassing. Every time you tap on an app, every time you visit a website, every time you do anything, secure security has to be, you know, uh, top of mind. So. It covers everything that we do in life, specifically from a networking perspective. It's it's end to end. You know, people often talk about edges. They talk about the one edge. In fact, when we talk about our own APs and switches, we talk about our LAN edge products. But for me personally, I often think that that's the whole stack. It's the end to end piece. And really the client is the new edge, you know, from there backwards or forwards into the network, depending, you know, what your what your viewpoint is, everything has to be secured every step of the way. And the ability to put security natively 
And that's the key bit, not as an overlay, to put it natively into those network stacks, into that connectivity is really key for future scalability and uh, and future, you know, security ratings like HIPAA and PCI. And there's a whole load of other things depending on what industry you're in. You know, in OT, you have to map things to the Purdue model. And then there's a whole load of other stuff as well. So it really is it really is pervasive in, in everything we do. Ben, you work for, you know, you as you called them, pure play AP switching. Most of us come from a world where our AP vendor may also be our switch vendor, but the security firewall is usually a whole separate stack. How does Fortinet do that differently? Well, natively integrated into the FortiGate is the ability to be able to manage wireless and switches. So effectively, if you think about it, there's a wireless controller and for use of a better term, a switch controller built into the FortiGate. It's a unified management interface where you can select and apply the same unified policy across the whole network stack, whether it's actually SD-WAN, whether it's wireless, whether it's switching, whatever part of the network it is. And once you do that, it makes the whole management piece easy. Because when it comes to security, I'm a big believer that complexity is the enemy. Because if something is complex, it clearly makes it harder to do. And it means people are less likely to adopt the right stance if it's difficult to do. In my previous example about a hospital, I went over the wired port and plugged in. Are you saying if I'm using a FortiGate as that wireless controller and you call it a switch controller, I kind of like the term, that port would have also been just as secure as the wireless access? Absolutely. If it's configured correctly, of course. But yes, you apply the same policy. You can challenge in the same way. We even have NAC built in to the uh, to the FortiGate. So it can challenge the client wherever it is from uh, from wired, from wireless. It can do device posture. It can look it up against our amazing FortiGuard Labs database. And then you can decide how you're going to treat that client, what for example, micro segmentation, you're going to put them in what VLAN, you know, what policies you're going to apply to it based on a whole different load of variables that are out there. So, yes, absolutely. Singular approach, singular policy, very simple and easy to secure. Let's take a simple example. Someone might have a Nest IoT device sitting in their house. I, I know it's simple and people use it, but just as an example, they have an IoT device, it hits an SSID, what happens next? We look at the device, we look at the traffic coming from the device, and we identify it straight away. So we're able to look against our 40 guard labs. 40 guard labs deals with between 10 and 15 billion events a day through all of the footprint that we have of network traffic that we see. So it hits the 40 gate, it's identified, and then based on the policies that you've got in place, you can determine what you want to do with that device. So for example, in my home network, all of my various IoT and connectivity devices go into a specific VLAN, which has ports only opened to the destinations that they need to get to for their cloud services, for example. And it means I've got it absolutely nailed down and I know where everything is going and I get full visibility end to end of the of the full traffic. So is that is that dynamic that if someone said, whoa, maybe I'll come in on this nest and want to go hit Google instead of a different, you know, the cloud service they normally use. Does that get trapped and, and contained at that point? 
Yeah, absolutely. If it tries to go somewhere it's not supposed to or somewhere we think it's not supposed to, yeah, it would get trapped and contained. But what I would also say is is that, you know, our signatures, our application signatures, the information that we have about where these devices are going is updated, you know, almost on a minute by minute basis. So if it's meant to go somewhere, it will probably be allowed to or it should be allowed to. If it's not meant to go somewhere, it'll be stopped and secured and then you can decide what you want to do with it. Hey, what if uh, you know one of my customers just buys a box of new IoT devices, they plug them in, how does the network learn? So uh, as soon as it attaches to uh, the SSID, there's multiple different ways we do it, actually. I mean, first of all, the most obvious one that we do is look at things like MAC addresses, okay? Uh, then you can look at HTTP traffic, you can look at DNS, all these things. That traffic allows us to build up um, uh, what the device is, what the device is doing, where it needs to go, who's manufactured it, and then we can work out where it's supposed to be going. Now, if we've never seen the device before, it will most likely get blocked uh, because it's a brand new device. But we don't see that very often with the large footprint that we have. To be perfectly honest with you, I used to use a FortiGate years ago, and I the term to me just meant firewall. You used it a couple of times in our discussion so far. Did you mean firewall or does the term FortiGate have more meaning as a product? It's a cybersecurity platform as far as I'm concerned. In fact, it's a cybersecurity and networking platform. A FortiGate device does way more than just firewalling. Um, as I pointed out, switch, wireless, NAC. It's got all of these functionalities built in. It's got incredible networking capability. In fact, one of the reasons that we're the leader in SD-WAN is because of the incredible networking uh, functionality that's that's built into the FortiGate. So it's way more than just a, a firewall or a next generation firewall, if you want to coin that phrase. And we actually have people you know using them as dedicated wireless controllers we have people using them for specific functionality uh, if they want to um it, it's it's an approach which which really bears a lot of fruit because we come with the approach of 40 OS everywhere and if you have 40 OS which is our operating system everywhere it means you get true visibility it means you get uh, true reporting uh, and it means you get ease of configuration because you're applying the same policies everywhere that you go so if you can give me an example of that fits in kind of today's world post covid a lot of remote workers other workers yeah. working in small offices so how does your Forda OS scale from a single remote user? How big does it go? Well, it's interesting you should say that because one of the cool things about Forti OS is that we you can have it in multiple forms. Obviously, you've got the FortiGate and that comes in multiple forms, appliance, VM, for example, public cloud. But also Forti OS is available as SASE. And this is one of the things that makes this unique is that all of these things work together, no matter where you have it. So let's take the example of the remote worker. So the remote worker may be at home and they will connect to SASE, which will direct them into the company's network or with zero trust, it will actually check all of the time to make sure that they've only got access to, for example, the applications that they need to get to. With having 40 OS everywhere, though, it doesn't stop there. For example, there might be private applications which are on the company network. They can be secured behind a FortiGate appliance, 
which natively integrates with the SASE. So you can take the most optimized route to wherever you need to go. And of course, if the branches and the corporate network are all secured with 40 gates as well, you get that native single policy approach. So no matter whether somebody's coming from remote, whether they're on, uh, whether they're inside the network, whether they're at home using a remote AP solution, for example, which we have, whether they're at a coffee shop using the SASE client to connect, it makes no difference because we're always challenging. And because we've got 40 OS everywhere, it means that we've got the full availability of or everything that's in the network, no matter where it is, simplifying everything. So we're not forcing people to go on journeys or do things that they're not comfortable with, because no matter what pace they want to work at, no matter how organically the network is grown, we have the flexibility without the complexity in order to be able to deliver on that. Oh, those are good marketing words you got there. <laughs> well, I'm not in marketing, <laughs> but uh, but I'm, I think I'll take that as a compliment. I'm not 100% no, it's, it's, sure. It's, it sounded, <laughs> it sounded really good. Well, a lot of us wireless professionals, we've been dealing with RF and SSIDs and issues and, and, and kind of hand stuff off over to the security team or even to the network team. How would someone go about learning more about this? I heard Jordan, I wanted to train a million people in cybersecurity. How's that going? Yeah. Pretty well, actually. Uh, we've got over a million what we call NSE certifications done. So we have uh, an incredible training program called the NSE, the Network uh, Security Expert. And um, we want to have a million plus people trained in cybersecurity by 2026. So we've handed out a million plus certifications today, but we want to have a million people trained it's actually free of charge. So we've got, I think we've got over 500 or nearly 500 academic partners. So this is being, this curriculum and syllabus is being taught in um, colleges and universities throughout the uh, throughout the world. You can learn it online. You can go and do it um, in person. And there's different levels. So there's NSE 128. NSE 8 um, is an incredible certification uh, to get. And then you've got NSE NSE 1, which starts with the with the basics of networking and cybersecurity and helps you build up that knowledge base and move at a pace that you want to do. So it's something we're very proud of. And it's something that we think is going to help plug the skills gap that's out there because there is a clear cybersecurity skills gap. I actually think also that there's a, you know, a little bit of a, a of a networking um, skills gap as well. And I think that's another reason when we think about the overall theme really that you talked about at the beginning of the podcast is that because there's such a cybersecurity skills gap, if you've got networking knowledge already, it opens up a whole host of new opportunities in a market which is, you know, converging and growing at a tremendous pace. As a certification junkie myself, hearing free education, oh, I just gets me so excited. So <laughs> NSE one, I'm I'm headed that direction. If you were going to recommend, and you've known hundreds, I'm sure, thousands of wireless people in, in our industry over the years, and uh, uh, someone who's been doing wireless for a long time just came and said, Ben, what should I do next? What would you recommend as best practices moving forward as a wireless professional? Well, if they want to get into cybersecurity, the first thing I would do is say, go and get yourself some equipment to play with. 
because that's what I did actually. And I'm a big believer in making sure that you can, uh, that you understand how things work. And I think it's the same actually in, in Wi-Fi key. There's, you know, having that basic understanding of how things work. Once you've got the basics, you can build on that really easily. And that's where the NSE comes in. So uh, the number one thing I would say is look at cybersecurity, look at the training that's available out there, go and get yourself some equipment. Even if it's old, it will give you the basics of, uh, of what you need to do. Learn the interfaces and it's going to put you in a very, very, very strong position. And, you know, I think the great thing about the cybersecurity industry, like the wireless industry, is that it's a very welcoming place as well. You know, everybody's willing to help each other. So, you know, reach out. There will be a cybersecurity professional who's not far away who will be interested in helping you. That is for sure. I love that you had mentioned Home Lab. I think uh, I've, I've interviewed lots and lots of CWEs in, in the wireless space. And I've yet to meet anyone who is successful in wireless who didn't have a home lab. And yeah. I, I would think you're going to say the same thing about in the cybersecurity space. Yeah, definitely. Look, you can do it by reading books, um, but there is no substitute for being able to actually experiment and find things out for yourselves. Because you can you can read something, but until you actually do it, I don't think it actually ends up going in your brain as well as well as well as it uh, as well as it should. I, I think it's a lot of IT professionals were were in it because we learn by doing, and one yeah. of the problems with that is you only know what you've done. So yeah, you can you can study a lot, but it's it'll help a ton if we can get hands on and start moving forward that way. All right, Ben. Before we get to our outro and, and leaving here today, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Well, there is one thing. Um, we've talked a lot about the FortiGate today and its built-in functionality, but there's something that a lot of people might not know. We've actually got over 1.3 million devices which are cloud-managed by our uh, FortiCloud platform. And uh, some of these APs and switches don't have a FortiGate at all. In fact, security can be natively run on the access point and switch itself, and it can also be natively connected to the SASE platform. So even if you don't have a FortiGate, you can still use FortiNet APs and switches and secure them either via connecting them to a SASE platform or by using the inbuilt security that's uh, that's running on certain models of the APs and switches as well. Something that not everybody uh, knows about us because um, we do focus on the FortiGate a lot, but you know we've got a very uh, wide and flexible solution. That is extremely interesting to me personally. I, I like the multi-vendor approach, uh, but that's gonna, just to answer that one question would take way longer than we have in this podcast. But we thank you, Ben, and Fortinet for supporting this episode this week. This has been another episode of Heavy Wireless Podcast, part of the Packet Pushers Network. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes uh, for both our website as well as those from Fortinet. You can find this and many more fine, free, technical podcasts across our network, along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. Follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers. Find us on LinkedIn. Hear us on Spotify and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for your time today.